Droppe Gaming. Droppe Gaming. Droppe Gaming. Droppe Gaming. Hey everyone, it's Matt here. This is episode 86 of the Droppe Gaming podcast, and I just wanted to take a minute before we start the episode to mention a few things. First of all, the podcast was recorded in my hotel room using my tablet, so the audio quality is pretty good, not perfect, and unfortunately I didn't put it on silent, so occasionally you may hear vibrations as I got notifications while we were recording, so you know what, I am very sorry about that. (laughs) Secondly, during the episode we mentioned a heap of games and panels which were at the show and um, I've compiled a list of links which you can find in the show notes which discuss all of those things so you can go and check them out if you want any more information about anything. Finally, during the episode I talk about a panel which I went to which was around the topic of mental health and well-being in relation to video games. While we were recording, I forgot to mention a really great website which is by one of the panellists which I thought bears mentioning It's called Prescription Pixel. Uh, It's a great resource to learn about mental health and video games, and they're doing really great work in helping remove the stigma around that. So if you want to learn more about that, the link is in the show notes as well. And importantly, if you suffer from any mental health challenges, it's important to remember that there are services out there which you can reach out to, like Lifeline and Beyond Blue. So you don't have to struggle alone. There is help out there. That's everything that I've got to say, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the official Drop Bear Gaming PAX Australia 2015 extravaganza. Drop Bear Gaming. Drop Bear Gaming episode 86. Uh, it's the PAX 2015 special. It's now, mon- is it Monday? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's Monday, all the days are blurring together, but um, we've made it to the end, and I'm joined by a couple of special guests today, since Luke is obviously in Brisbane, because he hates people and video games. <laughs> um, so I'm joined by the old, our old friend, friend of the show, Chad, from Adelaide, Game Truck Australia. G'day. Etc. It's good to be back, I'm sure. Yeah, I, what was the last one? Was it the first PAX 2013? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, two years. And we've got a new friend, a new Drop Bear friend, Simon. Hey, how you doing? Uh, so, why don't you tell us about yourself a little bit? Myself? Um, well, I'm a student at Adelaide University, I'm studying programming, um, computer science. Uh, apart from that... No. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, aren't we all right? <laughs> um, yeah, apart from that, yeah, gamer, um, blogger, YouTuber, um, game reviewer. Nice. That's pretty much it. <laughs> nice one. So, you are in the right place, obviously. Doing my best. <laughs> um, so, obviously, parks is finished. We've all done different things. Maybe not done all the things we wanted to do, but hey, whatever. That's parks. It's always the way. You can't do everything. Yeah. So um, let's let's just jump straight into highlights, I guess. Like we we talked about this last night, but we might as well talk about it again. Yeah, <laughs> for the record. Yeah, yeah for sure. the record. Um, uh, for me, I didn't get to play very many games, um, which was bizarre. It's like a weird thing for me to go to a gaming thing and not play lots of games. <laughs> but I went to a lot of panels because. Um, for a start, my feet hurt, so I wanted to sit down. <laughs> um, but it's like it's kind of interesting because you get they've got all these games there, and while like okay, so the AAA stuff, I always kind of feel weird going to something like PAX and playing AAA games because yeah, totally. for a start, like they have the brands and the power to fucking market that shit so you can play it down the track. Like, yeah. Or you, you'll be able to see trailers and stuff like that. Whereas you've got all the indie stuff that really, like, the, one of my favourite things about PAX and one of everyone's fucking favourite things about PAX is the 
big push behind indies to get them their names out there. Yeah. And that kind of shit you don't see. And if you don't see it at parks, you probably won't see it yeah. unless it goes like gangbusters. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And the other thing with the triple A's is like they tightly manage it so much as well, right? So it's like you know, like so for example, the like one of the things was um, friends of ours stayed in or hung around in a line in the Fallout 4 line for like an hour and then they just Bethesda just came up and said oh you like Fallout 4 here's some Doom footage for 10 minutes yeah. and they're like we're not here for Doom yeah. and then they played um, trailers from E3 and that was it like they waited like yeah. and that was all and obviously the game's so close they're not going to show anything new at a show like this close to it but yeah you know, you know that it's all so tightly scripted and whatever, and that the indies are just a lot more open. So yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. You get down on the indie floor, and it's just game after game after game, and they're all so vastly different. And yeah. so yeah, it's it's mad. Yeah. And the people are just they want so badly for you <laughs> to fucking enjoy their game and yeah. like, please, like, tell me what you think. You know, mm. constructive criticism. You you go to the like. PlayStation booth and play fucking Uncharted 4 multiplayer which I didn't play because I didn't know it was fucking there <laughs> until the end speaking of marketing yeah um, that's coming out on beta well the beta's out in December anyway so I'll try it then but that's like again the game's coming out so soon why waste your time it's not really a waste if you really like the fucking sh- the games like Fallout but if they're just playing trailers, I'm not going to fucking line up for an hour yeah. when I can go and get hands-on with something to see what it's actually like. Yeah. Rather but, than, you know... Yeah, but the panels are really cool as well. Like, mm. I, I reckon panels are one of the best things about PAX because, like, it kind of covers game culture so much more broadly. It's not yeah. just the games. It's the talking about games and the meta games and all that sort of stuff. So what was your, what were some of the best panels you went to? Um, so I went to... Uh, the mental health and well-being panel, which was on Saturday afternoon, and there was a, like a few people that I knew in the panel, um, so that was part of the reason for going, but also for my own reasons of like mental health, dealing with depression and anxiety, and a lot of people that I know um, deal with that kind of stuff. So I thought it would be interesting to see what they have to say about it, and I wasn't too sure about where they were going to go with it, and um, yeah, they talked a lot about. Um, you know whether video games are escaping reality in a negative way or if it's like a positive or negative way or like the other benefits that you get from video games like um, self-expansion and stuff like that where you know you learn how to deal with situations better and problem solving and like just improving yourself by playing video games which you can't get by sitting down and watching fucking like Game of Thrones or something (laughs) yeah yeah um and then they, you know, they were mentioning the games that they play, they mostly enjoy for their own reasons around mental health. So there's things like, you know, Mass Effect and like RPGs are a big one because you're mm. taking on another character. Yeah. Um, and so, what, but it wasn't just like that self expansion stuff. Like there was one person on the panel who said, like, unashamedly, I fucking play video games to escape reality because my problems sometimes are fucking overwhelming. Yeah. And I think it's important to look at both sides like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes you do need to fucking walk out from your own life, and it's better to do that by jumping onto Skyrim than by fucking putting a gun in your mouth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Totally. So, yeah, so that was a really interesting panel. Um, cool. And, like, I saw seven panels. So wow. like I fucking, yeah, <laughs> yeah I didn't plan to one actually another one a less serious one was the Dragon Friends um, panel yesterday afternoon yeah. it's like a two hour long live Dungeons and Dragons game so Dragon Friends is these three comedians who've never played Dungeons and Dragons before they do a podcast um, and then there's a, the Dungeon Master and then another guy who does all the voices for the NPCs and they. Um, they're up to like episode seven on their podcast. So the show would have been eight, except it was a prequel three years prior to that. So people who had listened to the podcast could come in and listen to this story, but people who'd never heard of it before wouldn't be like, uh, oh, what, what is that referencing sort of thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they had this three years prior, like prequel and Senator Scott Ludlam was there as well as yeah. like a, he did a character as well. And then they had two special guests as well. So it was like, 
pretty good. And then they had like um, crowd involvement as well. So they brought out some sketchbooks and were just passing them around in the crowd and had people like just doing art for as they're doing their Dungeons and Dragons game. Like if something stands out to you, draw a picture of it. Yeah. And then they had like what the guy who was doing the um, NPC voices, he had dice cam, which was his phone hooked up with a cable so that they could project what was on his phone onto the screen. So he just put his camera on and like he'd hold it over like the dice when they're rolling dice and stuff. Oh, cool. And he put the pictures from the books on the big screen and there were some fucking talented people out there, man. Like insane. And so they gave away board games and stuff. Oh, and then they had one of those big foam 20-sided dice that yep. you could buy at the show. Oh, and they were doing... Occasionally, they'd be like, okay, this this throw, you have to just lob the ball into the crowd and whoever catches it have to, has to say what number's on the top. <laughs> you know? Cool. And like, so it was really interactive. Yeah. And, like, just the... It's weird how, like people got so excited about it. Like, they'd, they'd be rolling and just failing checks, so they'd be fucking up, and the dungeon master would be, like, making fun of them. And then they'd roll, like, a perfect 20 and pass the, the check for whatever they were doing, and the whole crowd would be like, yeah! <laughs> like, clapping for them. So, D&D is a spectator sport. Who would yeah, have and it was like... They, they live-streamed it as well on Twitch... And that show is also going to be on a podcast, so the episode eight of their podcast. So Dragon Friends, if you're interested, um, that really helped me because, like yesterday morning, I got up and I was hungover, <laughs> and I just felt real overwhelmed from the whole show. So that like two hours of just fucking belly laughing yeah. was brilliant. Cool. Yeah. What about you? Do you- well, Simon, it was your oh, first yeah. uh, first game show, right? Yeah, it was mine. Yeah, my first convention. Oh, Total nice. up, yeah. Um, yeah, well, it was funny because you find yourself stuck in ruts, don't you, with gaming sometimes. You kind of mm. get stuck in this, well, you know, I'm going to play Skyrim and the next thing you know, a year later, you've played nothing but Skyrim. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. What, Destiny? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For me, it's The Witcher 3 at the moment. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. yeah. No. Um, so, I'm kind of doing that with, um, with Fallout at the moment. Like, I'm playing the other ones just to get ready for four, um, for Fallout 4 and, and you're streaming walkthroughs aren't you yeah I'm doing I'm doing walkthroughs at Dreadlocks Fun but um, I kind of uh, I went I came into this PAX and I went okay first PAX I want new experiences I want to take something completely different like way out of left field I want to take something home and like start something new so um, you know for, for my work I was down doing stuff in the indie gaming area and then on Saturday I went bugger and I just went over to the tabletops and got Magic the Gathering intro deck and went over and did some yeah did some miniature painting and hell yeah yeah and I just yeah it blew me away that um, I actually went and bought a fifty five dollar starter kit for miniature painting yeah. and I'm like I'm <laughs> getting into this <laughs> so you've never done anything like that before no nah, no I mean I've looked at I've walked past GameStop and stuff like that and I've seen I've seen a little Warhammer you know and it looks cool like it yeah. looks really mad but. I've always been like, uh, yeah, I don't know if I could dedicate enough time to it. But um, something I realized while I was painting it is, you know, like you were saying before, with a distraction from what's going on, you know, yeah. having studying and working and doing all this stuff, it's like, oh, today's getting too hard. Just sit down for an hour and just do it. Yeah, and yeah. it's like catharsis. Yeah, it's so, yeah, it's so relaxing. And yeah, I just thought, oh, you know, if I pick one piece up every month, what the heck, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, and Monique said that as well. She said it was mm. like her total Zen space. It was so relaxing, <laughs> and all of that. She like, yeah, she worked really hard at her study, right? Mm. So, um, so yeah, she loved that. Yeah, and people are doing like coloring in, like it's the same sort of thing, right? You know how people they have those coloring books for adults. Yeah, it's getting that? really popular. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally like yeah. Zen. Bizarre, yeah. hey? Yeah. Like, you can buy adult coloring books that are just like <laughs> fucking masterpieces of art that you fucking whatever I saw one the other day in a bookstore and just fucking scribble on (laughs) (laughs) I saw one the other day that was a Breaking Bad colouring book so it's all pictures from Breaking Bad that you colour in that's cool (laughs) the first time someone said adult colouring book I went in the wrong direction yeah. <laughs> I was just like what really yeah, I need to buy the right colours for that yeah. Yeah. I need to buy more pink crayons <laughs> oh man uh, anyway so yeah I looked at the tabletop stuff um, because <coughs> I'm dying 
That's not why I was looking at the tabletop stuff. <laughs> um, like, so I'd hit the expo floor, and then just so many fucking people. The venue now, yeah. compared to 2013, is way bigger and fits way more people, and they're not afraid to let those fucking people in. Yeah, cool. So, um, and so every time I'd go in there, I'd just be like, oh man, there's way too many fucking people. I'm starting to feel like I don't want to be here. So I'd go over into the next section where they had all the like classic gaming tabletop and stuff like that and just wander around and look at all the stuff over there because it's like not stuff that I like I, with the indie stuff, it's not stuff that I see on a day to day basis. So, yeah. And um, but I never got a chance to sit down and play any of the tabletop stuff yeah. because I was I kind of looked at it like that will use a lot of time yeah. to learn how to play. Like you pick a game for a start that's a decision that I don't want to fucking make because <laughs> there's so many cool ones yeah, there yeah. and so you've got to pick one because you know you can't just go oh, I'm going to try out seven different tabletop games today yeah. because you don't have the time yeah. to do that because yeah. it takes they're fucking complicated and that's yeah. why they're so good so they can be but they can be really simple as well yeah so um, yeah there was a there was a a really good one called um, King of... And, and there's this thing about, like, tabletop and about board games. It's actually, like, a gaming literacy thing, right? Mm. Where there are some people who are just really good at picking up new games, reading the rules, figuring it out, and getting the game going. It's like a kind of a GM-type skill, I guess. Mm. You know, but um, Ben and Ashley are like that. Like, yeah. they'll, they'll go, yep, yeah, okay, let's try this and see how it goes. But there can be really simple board games. There's a game called King of Tokyo, which is really good. It's like, everyone's a monster, and um, and Tokyo, you've got Tokyo City, right? Nice. And you've got these dice, and it's like there's three outcomes, and one of them, you know, is attack. One of them is, you know, get a gem, which is a power up or something like that, and one is something else. And then someone is in the city, and it's something. The mechanics something like everybody rolls and attacks you. But then when it's your turn, you roll and attack everybody else. And it lasts about 15 minutes. It's really simple. You know, really a lot of fun. So there's a lot of board games that are a lot more simple. They're not that full-on Arkham Horror type thing. It's going to take six hours, you know. But I I thought about the the time investment you were saying about tabletop at Pax. And it's like people people stand in queues for like two hours to see something. And then you're half your day gone anyway. That was exactly my trade-off. Like, I really wanted to get on that VR, Sony's VR. Like, I really wanted to get on that. And I showed up, like... First thing in the morning, I was in like the third the third line. Got in there, went straight to Sony, and it was like three and a half hour wait. Yeah. And it was like five minutes past ten, you know. Yeah. And I just yeah. went, "Oh man, stop this!" And that yeah. happened to me a couple of times this weekend. I just went, "I'm going to go to tabletop." The thing with that VR thing, like man, they had like two because they had like a glass window where you could look in and watch the people playing. Yeah, and there was like one on a chair with move controllers and then I think maybe two where you're standing up yeah. or maybe one where you're standing up so they've only got two or three units there yeah. and the demo is going to be what like 15 minutes 20 minutes at least maybe yeah. longer Yeah. so it severely fucking limits how many people can go and try it out so um, yeah but that's like that's scarcity marking marketing yeah. in, a, in a nutshell there yeah. they make it scarce they make it limited and people want it more yeah. and you make it so that the people who have tried it then end up being a more exclusive set if they had like 10 or 20 of them yeah. and everybody could access it really easily there'd be no queue right yeah. they don't want a, they don't want this awesome thing with no queue of people yeah. like actually their marketing is based on having this booth that's exclusive and a massive queue and people go yeah I waited two and a half hours to try this VR thing and that's <laughs> actually part of their marketing strategy so that's why they do it I just yeah. went over to the Indie and there was like three Oculus Rifts over there and I was like yeah that'll do <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I got yeah. my VR in <laughs> How was it for you? How was the Oculus for you? Uh, I know what you're asking. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I played um, uh, Neon Rain, which is um, an interesting little... Like, it's kind of like a spy game. It kind of, you know, full-on reminded me of um, uh, Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Um, you're walking through a nightclub. Classic. Yeah. You're just walking through this nightclub and, like, the, the, the lights and stuff. It was very, yeah, Vice City-esque. Um, but the second I put the headset on, and I've never tried VR before, the second I put it on, I just had this churning awful feeling in my guts yeah. like I just wanted to throw up and um it can I, have that effect eh? yeah and yeah. I just I was in the menu screen 
Like I hadn't even entered the world yet, <laughs> and um, so I, I persisted and I, I played the entire thing. And every time I moved my head, it was just like, <laughs> the guys, the guy actually pulled my earphones off and said, "Are you okay, man?" I'm like, "Yeah, this is just really intense." He's like, "Yeah, um, are you sure you're okay? Because someone threw up here yesterday." And I was like, oh, "No, that's yeah, not going to happen. It's all good." <laughs> yeah, it's weird because like I've heard people who've tried PlayStation VR and they said like. With Oculus Rift, they had bad experiences, but with PlayStation VR, the way that it's done, I don't know what's different because I haven't fucking tried it, but they said that with that, it just felt like perfect, like this is what VR is meant to be without that whole nausea thing. Yeah. Like, um, I think it was Jigsy from EA, community manager, in that mental health panel, was saying like he played it and he was doing the shark one where you're in a cage um, and he said he was like resting his hand up as though he was leaning on the fucking cage and literally felt like he was in the cage and he felt like I'm not going to walk two steps back because I know there's a cage there you know like fully immersed in it yeah you know so well I've tried the Oculus oh I think it was probably it was probably a free place (laughs) I was a couple of years ago or something, and it was a little bit iffy, but mm. it was mostly kind of okay. Um, I played it at PAX 2013. It wasn't the HD one. Yeah, it was like yeah. decent, but it wasn't full HD. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of the dev kits, and yeah. it was like a racing game with a steering wheel. And I just like immediately drove into a wall and couldn't fucking move because I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, so can you see the steering wheel in the actual. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Like, I'm like trying to fucking reverse and I'm just getting more stuck and I'm feeling really fucking weird because I'm like, I can't be like, what the fuck's going on? I felt a bit like that. I felt really massively disoriented. Like, because what it does is it like, it takes away all of your physical reference in the world, right? So it's like someone puts up and your brain just kind of can't process it, right? So you put the headset on and you you don't know, you can't see your hands and shit yeah. like that. So the person operating it has to hand you the controller yeah. sort of thing. And so you, then you're hold it, holding the controller and then when you want to stop, you look down to see the controller so you can put it on the table, but you can't because you're yeah. not in that world. And it's like, you kind of like, you're just waving the controller saying, you know, someone take this from me and like, it's yeah. totally weird. Yeah. And your brain just goes, just can't process it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's definitely interesting. Well, my huge highlight was uh, uh, the stuff I was here for, which was the Australian STEM Video Game Challenge. So oh, yeah. um, I was on a panel on Friday morning called Games with Aims. Um, so it was just kind of talking about the challenge and what it does. And so it's basically like this um, competition for high school kids to create a video game. So what they do is they create a video game which, um, you know... Uh, it's supposed to embody some kind of element of STEM, which is science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. So the, the idea is that they create a game that conveys some scientific concepts or something about maths or something about engineering or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it goes in this competition, and uh, then, like, there are winners. And so, you know, they win, like... Uh, what ha- there's lots of different categories, so there's individual and group categories... And what they win is they win a laptop. So if you've got like a team or whatever, they win an HP Envy laptop. Like everybody who won on the individual or in a group category, like you've got a group of seven people or five people or whatever, each one of them won a laptop. Oh, cool. And, um, they, and then they win a $1,000 um, for their school or charity. Yeah. So it's like, um, you know, and last year one of the winners, what they did was they used that $1,000 to go back they put that back into a scholarship for kids to learn coding and shit like that. Oh. So, so like, um, that was really cool. So that panel was pretty good. I mean, that was, um, that was enjoyable and, you know, you know, being on a panel isn't as good as seeing a good panel, but, um, I think it, it went pretty well and it was cool. And then on Saturday, so yes, no, Saturday morning, um, not yesterday. <laughs> <it's my Monday. laughs> where am I? What is, what is this? Yeah. Where's my, where are my underpants? <laughs> <laughs> Matt. Uh, they're on a table at the Grand Casino. <laughs> Under a pile of money. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, Saturday morning was the sensational student showcase so that was the actual award ceremony oh, yeah. and they asked me to MC it so what um, was the first one 
it was a panel called Games with oh, and you just yeah. like talking I about the, the, the program and stuff yeah, like that yeah yeah we just talked about the challenge and so there was me and they asked me a question about you know why STEM is declining why people are studying less STEM subjects yeah. at university and school and why that's a problem then they had someone who was a teacher um, who was involved in the challenge and had some students who put some stuff in they then had um, uh, Josh Caratelli who was the um, winner, one of the winners from last year, who's now gone and created his created his own. He finished year twelve last year, and he's already created his first company. He's released his game commercially on the on the um, the iTunes store or the you know the app store, um, and is now working as a coder and studying computer science. It's yeah. like, and he's like. 17 or something yeah, so, so, thanks. so fucking terrible thanks yeah yeah, 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 yeah I know right <laughs> what have it's I like, done with my fucking life it's like yeah yeah when I grow up I want to be like him yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, and then there was someone who was like, I think she's an academic who, who works at University of Tasmania in like game design and development teaching stuff um, so that was just talking about the challenge but because I um, with Game Truck Australia I sponsor it so um, I've sponsored like I think I'm giving away three parties to um, South Aust- the best entries from South Australia so particularly I think um, female indigenous and then the advanced category or something like that um, so I sponsor it I've done some blog posts for them I'm kind of like a kind of a spruker like a no. kind of ambassador for the, for the challenge advocate. sort of thing yeah advocate I think that's what they call it yeah and um, uh, so they asked me to be the MC as well for the awards ceremony which was awesome man it was like it was literally probably the best thing I've done in any conference or convention or anything like that it was so much fun it was really really enjoyable because all the kids were there and they're all like, you know, they're all like super like excited and happy because they've won this prize and, you know, their parents are there, which is really sweet. And, you know, some, some of their teachers were there and it was all like a massive celebration of their achievement. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we were looking at the games and then they had a panel as well. So Josh was on there as well and Ray Johnston and a couple of other people. And so the idea was you present the award, they get their laptop or whatever, <clears throat> then they showed a video of the game that they'd developed um, and the panel would kind of talk about it and talk about what, what they liked about the game, what was great about the game, and then I would like kind of question them, like yeah. say, oh, so tell me about how you did, blah, 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 or whatever. And it all went really smoothly, you know, nice. I, didn't, nice. I didn't drop the mic or fall over or anything, which is nice. <laughs> um, and uh, and they... clam up. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> And they, um, you know, Acer, who are running at the ca- the Australian Council for Educational Research, were really happy with me emceeing, and they're like, "Yep, yeah, we want you to do it again next year." So that was cool. Um, so that was my definite highlight, the whole STEM games thing. Oh, yeah. So it was nice. Mm. Yeah, nice. Sweet. <laughs> and the indies as well. You liked the indie pavilion, right? Oh, uh, that was just yeah. It was just outrageous. It was just so. It was just so much fun. Um, I had the uh, unique opportunity of playing a couple of those games like a while ago. Um, I got, uh, I think it was Hacknet and uh, Phantasma. I got Phantasma and Alpha. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, um, I was really happy with the game. The game was awesome fun. And it's just this really um, eccentric horror. It's frightening. It's absolutely frightening, yeah, actually. Yeah. Um, but they had it on um, Oculus Rift down there. And um, that, was, that was something else. Like, it's, it's all polished. It's all nice and finished now. And chucking it on the Oculus Rift just makes it, yeah, terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Horror games, like indies are the only ones that are doing good horror games anymore. Yeah. Basically, especially survival horror. You know, it's mm-hmm. like... Well, I heard Until Dawn was pretty good on PlayStation. That's true, yeah, yeah. No, probably the last year is a little bit different. You've got Until Dawn, The Evil Within, Alien, um, Alien Isolation. Isolation. Yeah. Such good games. Yeah. yeah, so there, yeah, there's a bit of a recovery, but for a long time, yeah. it was like Amnesia: The Dark Descent. That was like the first serious survival horror game in ages. Yeah, yeah. was it Outlast as well? Was that? It was Outlast. Yeah, yeah that's I played that slender. Twenty minutes, and I was like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> Climb through the window. That TV just goes. Yeah. And you're just like, nah, screw this. I'm yeah. out. Yeah. Oh, I played the Unravel demo, right? At oh, yeah. Max, and that was. I don't know why. I only just remembered because that was one of my highlights. Because I went to parks like I want to fucking play Unravel more than anything. Because I saw the E3 presentation by Martin Salen, who's the creative director at Coldwood Studios in Sweden that makes the game. And like, he just like, 
had this the way that he presented it just made him really endearing like he yeah. had, he has shaky hands and it's not from nerves but mm. everyone thought oh how nervous is he man to be from this little studio and be on the fucking biggest one of the biggest stages for video games he's obviously nervous and shitting his pants yeah. but he's, you could fucking feel the passion from him about the game yeah because like he went on holiday and made that little yarny figurine and just was so passionate about it yeah and you just watched that presentation and just went what like wow this guy's awesome so I was so keen to play it and um, and I saw his panel as well at Pax and it was like yeah again the passion like he's just so inspired and mm. um, like from he's been in the industry for 10 years and a lot of his teams like 10 12 years and they've been doing a lot of like cash money fucking games rather than passion projects yeah and Unravel is like the first passion project for their studio really cool so like when you start in game development you have that like oh yes I'm doing what I love and crunch time is like yeah fucking sweet we're doing this great thing mm. and after 10 years he's like you, you get sick of it like you don't if you're not passionate you're like fuck this is just a grindstone you know uh, okay. yeah. and for Unravel it just completely re-energised their studio where they're like just in love with the character yeah. and you can see that when you play the game like it's just so beautifully mm-hmm. well done yeah. Um, there's no it's so so there's no dialogue it's all visuals and audio um, as you play as Yanni like leaving your red trail along the fucking road as you're going and he saw, he said that yarn that you're leaving behind represents like like love and connections in life so there's this real like philosophical side to it for him yeah and like obviously because there's no dialogue you're going to take from it what you take from it mm. like it's like journey and oh, okay. like stuff like that yeah. where you know, it has this overarching sort of thing that they're trying to tell, but at the same time, it's up to you to kind of interpret, get, it. Yeah, yeah, interpret it how you will. Yeah. But um, speaking of scary shit, <laughs> I was playing it and I'm like walking along as Yarny and it's raining, so it's like storms and stuff, and you're like, oh, what the fuck? You know, it's kind of heavy. I've got the headphones on and I'm walking along and I get to like a road. And because he's like a tiny little woolen fucking thing, it's really wide. And I start, it's like a dirt road. And I'm like, oh yeah, walking along and I see this puddle and I'm like, can he walk through a puddle? I don't know. I go through it and he like walks through the water and it's kind of, you know, it looks fucking awesome. And then you get into the middle of the road and all of a sudden this car goes... Uh, over the top and I'm like and then I'm like there's like 20 people watching me I'm like fuck <laughs> damn it they know I'm a pussy <laughs> good thing I wore my brown underpants yeah exactly no because we got to media got to go in an hour early on Friday and like I went through the door and went fucking beeline for unravel they were still hooking up the headphones and shit and I was like Fucking give it to me. Yeah. 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 And then I played it, and then I went to the PlayStation VR thing, and they're like, no, sorry, all booked up. Uh, like, Fuck. Yeah. Well, at least you got that done. Yeah. But yeah, man, Unravel, fucking, it's just, you can pre-order already for 30 bucks. It comes out first quarter next year. Okay. And you can already pre-order it on the PlayStation store, and presumably Xbox. But um, yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm fucking going home and pre-ordering it, because yeah. I guarantee I'm going to be buying that. Cool. So, yeah. yeah. Excellent. I love it. <laughs> yeah, cool. Well, I, yeah, I loved, oh, uh, what, I think I, most recently, yesterday, I went to the Xbox Indie Pavilion, and um, Xbox is doing, is actually doing a lot more interesting indie stuff, mm. so I think they're trying to catch up in that area, PlayStation's. Smash. Well, they, yeah, they yeah, kind of started it with the Xbox Live Arcade on the 360, like their support of the indies. And then for some reason, like, their business model changed and they just went, fucking see you later, Indies. Yeah. And PlayStation were like, yep, come here. Mm. Yeah. And just offered this fucking beautiful place for Indies. And now Xbox are like, fuck, why did we do that? Well, yeah. My, uh, Xbox is so Microsoft needed to change something up. Like, there was, they weren't, it wasn't going well, in my opinion. And uh, Like Xbox One or just... Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, like, yeah. the operating and system... Yeah, and Kinect yeah. was just awful. And um, I think it was a kind of shit idea for them to like. We get on a bit off topic, but I, when they removed the Kinect from Xbox One, I was like, "Fuck, man! Like, how much do you want to fuck over your developers?" Because yeah. they had people. There was like companies who 
were making a fucking Connect only game and didn't know the Connect was fucking being removed from the bundles until they made the announcement and they're like, well, fuck. I know one of them, like, so uh, John and Amelia from Two Lives Left are making a game called Crabatron, which is like, you know, like a spacecraft yeah. thing. Yeah, 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 where you're like, you're using your hands to fucking, it's on um, iPad. Yeah. But, like, yeah, they're making a Connect version. And, yeah, yeah, same, same thing. They just get screwed, you know. Yeah. They're trying to do the new thing, trying to use the innovative peripheral all that sort of thing and, and then got screwed by it so yeah, yeah. that sucks um, but some that of the some cool. of the indies I really really liked was um, there was this great thing called Super Hot on the Xbox which is like a shooter and it looks a bit like um, you saw this right yeah, it looks a bit like cool. Mirror's Edge but it's all really really white and there's these geometric shapes and stuff and like it's urban environments so there's a car and a truck here or you're down in a subway or whatever and it's all really, really white, and the, it's a shooter, but the enemies who come out are, like, orange, and you can see, like, whenever there's any activity, it it becomes kind of, like, bright orange. So you can see if there's a guy coming down the corridor, that whole area is glowing orange until he comes out. And the weird thing about it is, it's a shooter, but time is stopped unless you move. So if you move time starts happening so like there'll be a guy who shoots at you and you see the bullet coming at you but if you don't move it's just really really slow so you can move slowly and dodge bullets and then shoot a bullet and your bullet will go slowly towards him and then you dodge it's it's kind of hard to explain it's like the matrix a whole game based on that whole kind of time slowing type thing yeah. and really emergent as well so you get this guy coming towards you you run out of ammo you throw your weapon at him that kills him he drops his weapon you grab that weapon and shoot the next few guys you know it's just it's awesome it's really good real intense yeah yeah really weird it's one of those games it's like Portal where it just changes the way you think yeah. completely you know so it's <coughs> cool yeah nice one yeah you said you said you played Hacknet yeah, um, that was the first time I saw Hacknet. Okay. Um, it was in like the indie showcase, so they like the what like five or six best judged yeah. best games. He did, in he did well with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Matt, Matt, yeah, Matt Trubiani, Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Being published by Surprise Attack, then I think it might be like their most successful thing. Oh really? I don't know because he's doing it. From what they were saying, Hacknet is doing really well. Like they're talking about. So it's um. Do you want to explain? So yeah, it's it's the interesting thing for about it for me was um, no graphical representation of a character that mm. really that was really cool and um, basically it's a term, uh, terminal based uh, hacking simulator and um, yeah the, the storyline's really like um, again Matrix esque where you kind of start off with an anonymous um, an anonymous contact that is like telling you that you're in trouble when you've got to do all this stuff and it's it's hell creepy actually it, it puts you in this really weird space. Um, but yeah, it's just terminal based. It's the funny thing is he actually, um, Matt was saying he actually used a lot of real coding and real hacking sort of things. Mm. He said it was willing to sacrifice absolutely everything, including fun to make sure that it simulated that hacking environment. He goes, it's the kind of game you don't play in an airport. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, but it is fun. It is really fun. Yeah. 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 He was saying, um, well, yeah. Um, talking about it, he said that he's been approached for using it as like an educational tool to teach people programming and stuff mm. for like that's that's just like a insane proposition yeah. like you make this game and then you just like it, it's going gangbusters and already on Steam like it's in a couple of weeks yeah he, when they first he said um, when they first put on early access it like broke the top 10 on Steam Ooh. Like or broke the top five or something like that. Like it's going great, and he's just getting heaps of good feedback about it. it looks super interesting. Yeah, um, it's really polished as well. Like yeah. it come, it came out brilliantly. I had no problems with. And he did it all himself. Yeah. like one man show. Just like he's like the new Mojang fucking <laughs> thing. Like insane Mojang in Adelaide, man. Yeah, exactly. So um, yeah. I just love the indie games at PAX. I think it's really great. That's why I like Surprise Attack publishers. Uh, they're kind of my favourite people in the games industry in Australia. Yeah. Because, so for those of you who don't know, Surprise Attack is just a, an independent games publisher. They started, um, I think they started in 2013 or th yeah, three years ago or so. Yeah. 
PAX Australia 2013 was kind of their first outing, and um, I had a few. In- we had a few interviews on that episode um, with developers from who were like p- being published by them. Like there was um like a game watch thing where it was like World of Warcraft style. It wasn't an MMO, but it was like inspired by World of Warcraft, but I like a game watch thing you know like those pixel fucking oh, okay. where, where you can see the shadows of all of the things like a real old school game mm. and watch fucking game yeah cool. and like there was a few different things like that and it was like really cool but surprise attack now have got like hacknet and like all these other cool yeah. indie games and they're just so fucking passionate about it mm. and um like offering this platform for these people to get their games out there yeah and um I just think that that is that and combined like PAX is the perfect place for it but like just all these cool fucking games that you don't see unless they get out there and yeah. now there's this and they're like the guys at Surprise Attack are like complete professionals yeah so, yeah that, that makes a difference yeah. yeah well the director Chris Wright um, yeah. used to be at THQ, right? Yeah. So when THQ in Australia folded and that whole, you know, basically AAA development in Australia just went under, yeah. you know, the whole L.A. Noir thing and all of that, um, he was like kind of, he kind of dealt with the fallout of that. Like he lost his job and stuff like that. Mm. And so a couple of years after that, he's like, okay, here's an opportunity. He could see, he could see where things were going. He had the skills, he had enough contacts he yeah. knew how to do publicity and marketing and, you know, managing brands and all that sort of stuff and just, like, jumped into it. And it's just massive. It's, yeah. it's really, really great to see. Mm. And the team just keeps getting more and more talent. Like, there's people from... So he was from THQ, but now we've, they've got, like, just all kinds of guys who've been in the industry in Australia doing AAA stuff. And they're now pouring all their efforts into supporting the little guys. And it's just fucking great to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, um, a couple of people down on Indie Showroom told me that there's going to be at least 50% more space next year. So wow. Yeah. So they're, they're really, they're, they've gotten onto something and yeah. they know they've gotten onto something, which is great. It's great. And they're bringing in more internationals as well. Yeah, so yeah. There's like an international indie pavilion. That's probably where some of that growth is going to come. I think they're kind of following that Indiecade type model yeah. where it's about homegrown and international stuff mm. because I think that's the first time this year that I've seen international indies there as well. Mm. So they had some from the States. They had some from Canada, Japan. Malaysia. Uh, yeah, Malaysia, um, Indonesia. Um was that that platformer? Yeah. That brawler? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was... Oh, I can't remember what it was called, but it was uh, really... Yeah, you had the badge for it. I had it. the badge and I left it behind and went, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> It looked really good. The art design was really fantastic. It was an anime-style art design. When I first started playing, I thought it was a bit basic. Um, but you, as you progress, you get more and more things added to your arsenal and it becomes really complicated. Yeah, I had this crafting but, but, uh, battle mechanic, right? Yeah, so, yeah you'd like you'd uh, you'd pick up an item and you'd get an extra combo and so you could put the combos in in different like kind of different orders and yeah. stuff like that yeah. so you get different types of combos together and mm. things like that so as far as side scroll is concerned I thought it was really cool yeah yeah, yeah it was good um so back to the panels was there any like did you go to many panels you guys a few like you obviously you wanted to do tabletop so yeah so like I mean, I guess if you, you, you do whatever the fuck you want, yeah. it's packs. Yeah. But um, like, like I said, I went to like seven. <laughs> so yeah. you're talking about all these games that I didn't even see. Yeah. I was like, oh, games now, <laughs> listen to people. I usually go to more panels, but uh, I think I, apart from the two I did, um, uh, I think I only went to two or three apart mm-hmm. from that. And actually, to be honest, a couple of them were kind of disappointing. I find, yeah. them, I find them a bit um, hit and miss. Yeah. So um, I think I just had bad luck, or I chose, I chose poorly. <laughs> I think I, I yeah, I, uh, yeah, probably should not should, but might think a bit differently about how I do panels because I always go by the topic, yeah. you know, and I think I probably should maybe look at who's presenting yeah. or yeah. you know or where it is. Go for more main theatre stuff because that's going to be cool because mm. that's what they've done. But Omegathon right at the end was really good. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I was like, because 
I have no idea about they do like five rounds or something right throughout the weekend with so Omegathon is um, basically I still have no idea how many people are in it so it'll be in that guidebook I think it's like 14 but or something like that people and they compete throughout the weekend they call they call themselves Omega Nauts <laughs> and they compete in like knockout rounds until there's two left at the end and the games that they play vary at each pack so game one was like Katamari Damasi I think this week and uh, this this weekend and then there was like you know they do card games they all kinds of shit like they can even be like pinball tournaments and crap like oh, okay. like if it's a video if it's a gaming thing it can be potentially incorporated into the Omegathon um so for example PAX 2013 the final round so the way they do it is they time it so that the final round of the Omegathon is the fucking like final that's like the coup de grace of fucking PAX yeah, it's the, yeah. where like Expo Hall's basically closing up all the other panels are finished where do I go oh main theatre for the Omegathon yeah. and they fucking pack it out <laughs> yeah and um yeah 2013 was like big Jenga oh like, yeah. big fucking like giant, jungle. Yeah. yeah and um that was at the showgrounds that packs and like there was no seating in the fucking theatre everyone was standing watching but it was like the most intense game of Jenga I've ever seen in my life like it, the, they have like specific rules like you can tap the blocks but as soon as you start pushing one or to remove it that's your block you can't fucking stop okay so that's 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 legit Jenga, Jenga rules yeah then. but that's, like full yeah. strict about it yeah yeah and, and then you've got like the two um, Penny Arcade dudes just like commentating and those guys are loose cannons it's pretty good um, but yeah so this year the final round was Tetris and what is it Tetris and Dr. Mario Tetris versus Dr. Mario it was an actual integration yeah yeah it's like a Super Nintendo game that is Tetris and Dr. Mario where they do one round of Tetris and then a round of Dr. Mario and then a round of Tetris which they never got to because yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a five minute time limit <laughs> but which when, is yeah, way too, yeah, way too short. Too short. Yeah. I don't know how many people that theatre fits. Someone I heard someone say like two thousand, but I fucking swear there was more than two thousand people in there. Yeah, I don't know. But it's yeah. it's two theatres. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It two. was massive and it was packed. Yeah. And like you'd be watching them play Tetris and just like oh, you make a bad move and everyone's like no, yeah. oh, what? And then they nail it. Like they come back and smash it, and everyone's like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've never seen Doctor Mario before. I didn't even know it was a thing. I heard of it, but I didn't know what it was. Yeah, yeah. So actually, has nothing to do with Mario. I know. That's what I was like. Where's Mario? Yeah, yeah. So it was fun. It was like, yeah, it was. It's totally weird because it's like a spectator sport, competitive gaming thing, but not with like League of Legends or StarCraft. Like it's a total like weird retro, you know, kind of like. But uh, yeah, people Everyone love it. The, en- the atmosphere, the energy in the atmosphere there is excellent. It's the first Omegathon I've seen. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was great. Yeah. I don't know how the other rounds go with the atmosphere. I'm sure it's just as good because, like, I've never gone to any of the other rounds, but I've, like, sitting there in that room, I could hear people around me. They were like, oh, who are the final two? Like, oh, I saw, like, these two rounds, and I was like, people actually, like, yeah cared about yeah, it yeah. because the the, prop, the main prize is um, like an all expenses fucking paid trip to whichever packs in the world you want yeah which one would you go to packs prime I reckon yeah. I'd go to Seattle like the fucking big one yeah. right yeah um, nah, packs east man I'd go to Boston east. yeah Boston's an awesome city yeah I've been to Seattle as well and Seattle's great but Boston is just great and I wouldn't necessarily want to go to the biggest one yeah, true. Like, Pax Oz is big enough, right? It's yeah, like, we were true. just talking about, like, how the lines and queues suck and all that sort of yeah, thing. So it's true, like, yeah. you know, yeah. What yeah, about you? That's true. Yeah, I was thinking Pax Prime originally, but you just made a very good point, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah probably plus, as well. plus, like, I'm a tight ass. So it's like, if you're going to get a free trip, you can go the furthest way away. Use the most fuel as possible. Exactly. Right? Yeah, destroy the environment as much as possible. Yeah, take that um, penny arcade money. Yeah, that's right. They've got plenty to go around. And, um, yeah, and Boston's the furthest you could go. Yeah. yeah. 
Hell yeah. Yeah, and then the runner-up gets to... I'm pretty sure they get a free ticket to PAX Oz next, next year, year. Mm. to compete again. So it's like... It's pretty cool. Yeah. That's it's, a pretty good boss prize, yeah. Yeah. It's a cool... It's a really cool idea to have that. Yeah. So... Because there's so much emphasis on esports these days anyway, especially yeah. at PAX. Like, they've got... They had Smite with the, like... A huge fucking stand with chanting crowds and shit. In 2013, it was like League of Legends and Wargaming. Yeah. And like, I don't know what last year's big thing was, but yeah, there's yeah, always... They had big... Smite this year and what else? I think they had a Halo 5 tournament, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, they have lots of tournaments of almost every game, but in the big in the big venues, they mm-hmm. only select particular ones. Yeah, because packs themselves, like in the console-like area where, like, in that section with the tabletop and all that kind of stuff, they have a whole console tournament area and a handheld tournament area as well. Mm. Like, the handheld lounge, they play fucking handheld game tournaments. Mm. Um, I saw... I was kind of disappointed because they had a FIFA 15 tournament on on yesterday, but it was at the same time as the Uncharted panel yeah. which I really wanted to see yeah. so Uncharted panel started at 10.30 till 11.30 and the FIFA 15 tournament started at 11 I was like damn it because mm. I would totally go and lose in the first round yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. well that's the problem there's always there's just so much to do like there's just too much there's so many clashes you, you're spoiled for choice mm. and then but the thing you got to do is like just not beat yourself up if you're like yeah, end up going to something that's not that great. You can't be like, oh, I missed a whatever, because yeah. otherwise you just end up ruining it for yourself, and you can't yeah. have a good time doing anything. Yeah. You just got to like do like we were saying before. You do some tabletop, you do some consoles, you do free play, you do whatever you feel like doing, and just kind of go with the flow a bit and get a good time wherever you can. And if you go to a panel and it turns out <clears> to be not what you expected, or just like you're not don't want to be there anymore fucking don't be afraid to get up and walk out yeah. like yeah it's a little bit disrespectful but fuck it's your time yeah, yeah. and like that's what happened that um, Dragon Friends right I was already in a panel and I was there 25 minutes into the hour long panel and I was like this is not for me yeah. I, I don't want to be here um, this isn't what I expected whatever and so I looked at the timetable and I was like oh Dragon Friends fuck it I'll go see that and like what had one of my highlights of the show. Best yeah. decision ever. Yeah. So, you know, and it was like two hours. I looked at it and I was like, oh, Dragon Friends is a two-hour long thing. I'm like, cool. do I want to commit two hours? And then I, I was can like, walk out of that one too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fuck them. What are you going to do? Call me out? I don't give a shit. Oh, they're not going to drop their game, you motherfucker. Do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? Yeah, so... Yeah, if they're not going to, um, if they're not going to keep you entertained and actually manage their panel properly, then yeah, yeah, out. yeah, yeah. yeah that's mean, the thing. I only went to two panels and I almost walked out of one of them. Yeah, yeah. For that one where we were at together. Yeah, yeah. Not yeah, to was... mention any specifics, but no. It, it I mean, it's. I think it's sometimes it just, just like they've got so many panels and they're just a bit up and down and they can't. It, it is hard to manage from yeah. an event perspective. Mm. It's hard to manage. You don't know what the. Uh, you know what the presenter's going to be like or whatever but the the one we were at was um the speakers were quite good but i found the facilitator like the chair was just kind of a bit lackluster didn't really bring enough structure to it didn't Mm. really have like kind of concrete questions to set and you know and stuff like that and that can just kind of make it really like it was fine but it just wasn't all that great it was Mm. you just kind of felt you know felt it was lacking something so Mm. Yeah, I went to the Geek Parenting panel on Friday. Oh, that would be because cool. That was cool. Yeah, because my partner has two kids, so I'm like, I'm going to fucking, like, try to make an effort to not suck at being a stepdad, <laughs> maybe. And um, so I went to that, and they talked to, like, I, th- I think the facilitator on that did a really good job, because yep. a couple of times they started getting off track, and he kept it, like, hey, let's. this is where we're at right now, yeah. which was really cool. And um, speaking of, like, tabletop stuff, like, well, when we were talking about the time thing, I was talking more about, like, RPGs and shit because I, I always forget that they have board games. Yeah. But that geek parenting thing, they mentioned a lot of really cool board games that you can play with kids, and I, like, took notes of them all mm. because, like, I don't play board games very much anymore, and board games are fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's 
such a wide range to choose from. Again, it's like, I don't want to make a fucking decision, so I'll just play, like, nothing or something else. <laughs> a video game. You know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I really like that geek parenting one with um, with the, the kind of advice that they gave. Yeah. Yeah. That was really good. I really liked that because, you know, I don't have kids or even stepkids and um, and I run this business doing gaming parties for kids. Yeah. So I try and get a bit of an insight into, you know, into kind of parenting type stuff wherever mm-hmm. I can. Um, it's like, stop talking about board games. I need, I got Xboxes, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need Xbox games. Yeah, yeah. And then they're like Minecraft and you're like, damn it. Yeah. I know that one. <laughs> yeah. I have heard of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's like, hey kids, what do you want to play? Minecraft, please, mm-hmm. thank you. Yeah. Jeez, that's about it. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. It's so much like, f- Minecraft is fucking like completely off topic from PAX. But yeah. It's just an insane fucking game. Like yeah. the scope of it. My, I've, I watched my nephew play it online and there's just all these different maps and modes and things. It reminds me of when I used to play Ultima online and I would never pay to play it, so I'd always play on private servers <laughs> yep. where people made their own maps and things like that. Yep. And just like, there's just so much there. Like the game is about creating stuff, but then there's that whole you can create the game as well as yeah. building your own stuff. Because yeah. every time I play Minecraft, I just put it on like survivor mode or whatever it is and then just try to build a fucking house and just dig down as far as I can. Yeah, yeah. And then I get bored. <laughs> and that's it. Or I get blown up and I'm like, fuck this shit. Yeah, yeah people mod it up in yeah, really interesting the modding. ways. So there's, uh, there's one, there's a survival survival mode but there's a survival list mode as well right where um all of the food is really really scarce and like your health goes down much quicker and basically what you have to do is it's really really hard to just survive like literally survive against the elements sort yeah. of thing. and resources are really scarce and like basically you just have to plant seeds and you know like ugh, it's crazy one thing bring your cap chickens in a hole yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, one, bringing it back to PAX, one thing I did try was a Minecraft story mode. You know, the Telltale yep. Games has yep. this kind of kind of narrative based. It's a Telltale game version of Minecraft, and uh, I've played it for like three minutes, and it was like, yeah, nah, I don't think so. Because no, it was really. just like it was just like it was like Minecraft characters walking around. No characters, and it was a storyline. So it was like, oh, this is what you want to do, or this is how you want to, you know respond or whatever mm-hmm. and I'm not I haven't played them much but I'm not massively into telltale games yeah, I find, I think they're find them hit. too scripted and yeah. just too structured it's kind of like, hit and miss yeah it's like uh, yeah I probably should give them another go but it's like yeah like if I want to read a comic book I can do that yeah. or I'm going to play a game so yeah, yeah. not both at once yeah I think Walking Dead season 2 is um is on the November PlayStation Plus so Oh, okay. I can fucking try it out there. Yeah, I've tried um, season. One. I've played season one. I really like the Walking Dead one, but I'm like they like they've got like the Borderlands one, the Game of Thrones one, and, and um, actually Wolf Among Us is really fucking cool. That's too. what I've heard. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like there's a guy I work with, and he said for probably the same thing with like Minecraft. It's about the brand. Like they're like, hey, it's Minecraft, but it's fucking not Minecraft. Yeah. Um, he got the Borderlands one. And was like, this isn't fucking Borderlands. Right. I'm like, okay, so you don't know what Telltale games are, but like, you don't look at it and go, that is that game. Like, yeah. you, you see Borderlands and think, oh, sweet, another fucking Borderlands game. Yeah. Oh, right. But it's yeah. not even written, I don't think it's written by the same people who wrote Borderlands 2 or anyway. No. Like, it's written by Telltale people, so yeah. you, it's a completely different sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I saw the, um, oh, I saw the, saw a panel last year. Last year's PAX, one of those panels that was outside of the event, so it was in the evening, and it was like, it was all the guys from Borderlands, so it was Randy Pitchford was there, and the writer for Borderlands 2, who was new for Borderlands 2, who was like classic, he was like the funniest guy ever, Yeah, really, really cool. That was a great um, great panel uh, last year. They didn't seem to have any outside events like that this time, like not at work, they might be bringing it back to the core PAX, I guess. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, they have a few, like, mainstay sort of, like, panels like that, like the story time with Warren Spector mm, and yeah. stuff like that, and, like, the Uncharted 4 thing, um, which I, I thought the Uncharted 4 thing was kind of 
poorly presented, not as in the presenter was bad, although I was a bit iffy about him anyway, but, um, like, the way that they presented it as in, like, oh, this is going to be an Uncharted 4 thing where we have one of the guys from Naughty Dog here presenting an exclusive look at the game, and then most of it focused on the multiplayer, which, although the multiplayer is really fucking cool in Uncharted 4... Um, and in all the Uncharted games, it's like that's not the main reason people play Uncharted. Yeah, so. true. But if they've got the, I was thinking about this. If they've got the beta coming out soon, and that's what they had on the show floor, yeah, then obviously that's what they're pushing at this time. Yeah, you know. So yeah. it's like that's that's the part of the marketing mm. cycle they're in. So, but you know. again, with those panels, like once it got down to the Q and A part of all the panels that I went to, except for the one that I left early, like that's where the real meat of it was, yeah. where you get interesting questions from people. And so they talked about the, the single player and stuff a little bit, but then when they went to questions, a lot of it was like people asking about single player. And they were saying like, when you come up to ask a question, tell us your favorite moment from Uncharted. And so it was just this like love letter to the fucking series, <laughs> uh, yeah. you know? Yeah. And they're like, oh, to Arn Meyer from Naughty Dog, they're like, oh, what was your favourite part? Like, did you like the train sequence? And people are like, oh, that bit where you're like running along on the train shooting the bad guys in Uncharted 2 yeah. is like great. And he said, you know, they're just like hearing stories about the development cycle for those games that you wouldn't normally hear. Yeah. They're like, oh, we had to scrap our physics engine like three times doing that train sequence because we wanted to do it right. Like all this kind of stuff and yeah. talking about, oh, you know, the things that we can do. Someone was like, oh, like, um, what kind of stuff are you doing in Uncharted 4 that you couldn't have done without the next-gen stuff? Um, one girl got up and she was like, oh, I watched the E3 trailer and that bit when they're, like, going through the mud, I was like, that's some next-gen mud. <laughs> and, like, you know, what kind of things like that? And, like, they've got, like, free physics ropes hanging in the air where, like... You know, for example, the cruise ship in Uncharted 3, like the boat's moving and then the water's moving separately. Yeah. And they can do all those kind of layers and stuff yeah. now. So... And just like cool. scalability, like apparently there's something like 64 animations for Nathan Drake to just pick something up. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, just picking something up from the ground, there's 64 ways of doing it. It's like, wow, mm. that's going to be cool. It's yeah. going to be a good game. I'm looking forward to that. For and sure. he mentioned some technical stuff too. Like they said that the multiplayer is 900p, not 1080. So they've dropped 180 pixels of their resolution. And he said, when you do that, you gain like 20% of your fucking memory capabilities back yeah. from losing 180 pixels. So you like, you get this like trade off trade off. Mm. Because the most important thing with multiplayer is your frame rate, not your fucking resolution. Mm, they yeah. want it to look cool, but they want it to play well. Yeah. So, yeah, I just thought the Uncharted one was real interesting too. Um, cool. But yeah, so PAX was fucking awesome. Yeah. Hells yeah. Yeah. PAX sure. cherry officially popped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there we go. Um, that's pretty much it. Yeah, cool. Well, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, it's been no an worries. absolute pleasure, dude. Cheers for yeah, having yeah. me on. No worries. Well, we'll probably... Um, I'm going to try... and Whether or not I come back next year, I hope to now, because just hanging out drinking with you was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can do that same... I don't know if I can do the same schedule, man. I'm dead now. Yeah. Oh, well, to be, be like sober for 12 months. <laughs> you know, it's like when you, like, you go out on a date and you have such a good time on that date where you just talk and you're like in love. And you just talk I love and talk. you too, dude. And then, <laughs> and then the next thing you know, it's like midnight, and you're like, "Wow, I can't believe!" Like, oh, the sun's coming up, and we're still talking. <laughs> Isn't this beautiful? That's what it's like getting on the piss with you. Man. Yeah, yeah, good so, times, man. Good so, times. Yeah. Oh, like night before last, we went to Bartronica as well at Barcade here in Melbourne. Yeah, it was a really good time. Yeah, yeah it's cool. Good yeah, time. it's great. Until they turned off. I don't know what game I was playing. But when they, yeah, they they um turned everything off to kick us out uh, and I still had a fucking credit left in this machine I was like whoa 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 no we were right at the end like oh, we were on yeah. the last bonus stage yeah right? we'd all had our shots we were playing four players put lots of money in we put a lot of money into that machine <laughs> yeah. like probably like 50 bucks <laughs> right and um, and we were in the last bonus stage and like it was like oh who's gonna win who's gonna blah 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 and they'd called last drinks or last games like 
15 minutes before or something we knew we were wrapping up yeah. it wasn't like we were feeding the machine and trying to keep it going yeah. they just switched off it's like thanks dad yeah, like, yeah. You know, what is this you know yeah. it's like come on yeah. and then we went to another bar and by the fucking freak of fucking the universe freak chance they, Buck had, they had Buck Hunter there as well oh, nice. and we just so we walk in and it's like a proper fucking bar this isn't a, a nightclub yeah it was yeah, a yeah. nightclub and we're like, oh, we'll go to the pool tables. Yeah, we go Buck towards Hunter. the pool tables, and here in the corner is Buck Hunter HD. We're like, fuck all you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, anyway. Cool. Um, anyway, good, good times. times. Yeah, good to good see you. Good times. Man. All right, well, thanks for joining me, and thanks for listening, everyone. If you've, uh, yeah, whatever, email or drop our gaming uh, podcast at dropbeargaming.com. You guys, like, um, you Simon, what's it, you want to like plug your thing? Oh yeah, sure. So um, I'm uh, YouTube.com forward slash Dreadlock Spartan. Um, otherwise, yeah, you can find me on Console Domination, and that's about it. Yeah. Sweet. And if you're in South Australia, which I don't know if we have many South Australian listeners, but <laughs> since you guys are on the show now, <laughs> you should definitely tell all South Australian people to listen. <laughs> yeah. And then all of you new listeners from South Australia should book Game Truck. Um, parties for your next event yeah right. so that's uh, gametruckaustralia.com.au and we're on Facebook as well so um, yeah I do a blog and stuff like that so mm-hmm. yeah come check it out yeah and if you want to like make your life better go and go to Adelaide University <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that too yeah <laughs> alright alright thanks guys that's it see you later thanks bye gotcha